God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we thank you this morning for the singles that are here and those who are watching. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take that which is said. Transform these words into faith. Let the faith get deposited in their heart. And let their hearts be transformed to change their life. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders taking place as they believe the word, receive the word, and activate the word in their lives. Holy Spirit, thank you for doing only what you can do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we're in our second week. Everybody say second week. We're in our second week of our relationship series for the month of February. And so we've been separating our church services. Uh, our nine o'clock services for the month of February are designed for our married people. And this service right here is designed for singles. So if you're here and you're married and you didn't know, that's fine. Just stick around and you'll appreciate you being married. Amen. And so if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the message that I did. We talked about stewarding your desires, managing your desires. And so today, uh, I want to piggyback on that message. And so if you're taking notes or if you need a copy of the notes, just raise your hand and our ushers will give you a copy of the notes. And if you're watching, I'm pretty sure there's a link somewhere that you can click to get today's notes. And if you'll follow along, the notes will be provided as well. So the message title today is Discerning Your Desires. Discerning Your Desires. And the goal of the message today is to help single people overcome and or avoid deception by learning how to properly discern the difference between what they want and what God wants for them. Amen. Because what may be good is not always God. Everybody say, what may be good is not always God. So last week, I used someone that you may have figured out who it was. I used someone as an example. And this individual uh, and I have been approached uh, by several women that have said to them that they believe that God told them that this person is their husband. Now, what's interesting is I've been approached on behalf of this individual by several women, and they have told me that God told them that this person is their husband. One of them had the, 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 the guts to say that God told them to contact me so I could contact him. Well, God ain't told me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now we know, or you should know, that God did not speak to all of these women to tell them that this one person is their spouse. Can I get an amen from everybody? Amen. So last week I posed the question, if God did not tell them this, then what voice did they hear? So let's explore today the areas of desire so that we can learn to discern the difference between our desires, God desires, good desires, and evil desires. And since some of you may be saying, well, why would I even want an evil desire? Well, my answer to that question is, if you've been deceived to believe that an evil desire is a good desire, then you can be desiring something evil, thinking it's good, but it's evil. Say amen to that. So here's the first point which I want to talk about here, and that is wrong desires produce wrong actions. Wrong desires produce wrong actions. Now listen, stay with me because at the end, I'm going to actually show you why the desires of your heart may not have been answered yet. Amen. Wrong desires produce wrong actions. Everybody say wrong desires produce wrong actions. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at, see, uh, in the life of Eve, how this happened. And then we're going to look at someone else in the Bible where it happened as well. So in Genesis 3, 1, I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, now the serpent or the devil was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, the serpent, said to the woman, Yes, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Which, by the way, let me just give you a heads up that any time the devil is trying to deceive you, he's going to come to you questioning what God has said. He says, verse 2, Eve says, And the woman said to the serpent, Hey, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said... We shall not eat it, neither shall we touch it, lest we die. And so the serpent responded to the woman and said, You won't surely die. Everybody say, that's a lie. He said, you won't surely die, for God has, he knows that in the day that you eat it, then your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and it was a tree to be desired, One to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and she did what church? She ate it and then she gave it to her husband who was with her and he did eat. Everybody say wrong desires produce wrong actions. So listen, what I'm about to do now, I'm going to give you six things, six actions that lead to receiving wrong desires. I'm going to say that again. I'm about to give you six actions. In other words, these are things that you will do. And if you do these things, they're going to produce wrong actions in your life. Amen. Here's the first action that leads to receiving wrong desires. Number one, wrong conversations. See, Eve should have never had a conversation with the devil. And anytime you have the wrong conversation with the wrong person and you continue that conversation, it is going to lead to wrong actions. Amen. That's how you end up with a one night stand. Because the wrong conversation was with the wrong person 
and wrong actions took place. Everybody say amen to that. So the first action that leads to receiving wrong desires is wrong conversations. Here's number two, inaccurate information. If you notice, uh, Eve said to the devil, oh, well, God said that we shouldn't eat of this tree and we shouldn't even touch it. Well, God didn't say nothing about him touching it. So somewhere Eve's information became inaccurate. And anytime you get inaccurate information and you, watch this, you uh, act on that information, it's going to produce wrong actions. And this is why you need to research people when you meet them. Amen. He told you he has a six-figure job. Inaccurate information. Amen. He makes $6 an hour job. Wrong conversations, inaccurate information. Here's number three, bad interpretation. Okay? Because the devil took information. And so Eve, she listened to what God said. And then she listened to what the devil said. And because of that, bad interpretation took place. And this happens to people when they quote unquote hear from God. When they feel that God has said something to them and they don't understand the vetting process. See, the, the Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit. Some, re some reasons why people get off when it comes to them uh, getting out into stepping out on something that God didn't say is because they want to they want to keep what God, quote unquote, has said to them as a secret. Well, let me just explain this to you. Anything that stays in the dark is of the devil. And so you, now when you keep it a secret, you have no one who can help you shed light on that thing. Here's number four, improper visualization. If you go back in verse six, it says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and then she saw that that tree was pleasant to the eyes, and she saw that the tree was desired to make one wise. When she saw all of that, she saw herself becoming wise when really what God said to them is what was going to produce death. So instead of seeing what God's word says was going to happen, she chose to see what her flesh wanted to see. Improper visualization. Here's number five. And let me just say this. This also uh, includes you having improper visualization about your future. See, if you don't see right, you won't see right. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor Evan? See, if you see there's not enough men, Christian men, on the market, and that's what you see, guess what? You're going to go for leftovers. Amen. Women were designed to be helpmeets, but that don't mean you're supposed to marry a project. Here's the fourth one. This was good right here. These are actions that lead to receiving wrong desires, mental or spiritual manipulation. The devil used, listen, he used God's word 
twisted to get Eve to see something she wasn't supposed to see. She, she was manipulated by spiritual information. And that's what happens when people get into wrong relationships because you allowed your mind to get manipulated. Listen, let me tell you something. There's too many ways in this world to get receipts on what people are saying. Amen. And then here's the last one is activation. In other words, this is what causes a person to get wrong desires when they act on something. Listen, God did not tell you to get on that website so you could advertise yourself as being single. Do you know that if God doesn't want you on a website that you get on, anybody you meet, you're not supposed to meet? And anybody you meet that you're not supposed to meet, that means you never should have met them, which means that if you meet them, that they are the wrong person to meet. Guess what? Only wrong can come out of that. Amen. So let me give you another example of how someone acted on a wrong desire. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6 verse 18. Now, let me give you some background. This is when God had gave the children of Israel a command. They were taking the first city, which was Jericho, and he told them, and he gave them some instructions. Just like God gave Adam and Eve some instructions, he told them, he said, listen, do not eat of the tree of good and evil. He said, the day that you eat that, you're going to die. So just like God gave Adam and Eve some instructions on what to do and what not to do, God gave this individual some instructions on what to do and not to do as well. So Joshua chapter 6 verse 18 is going to tell us what these instructions were that God gave to the children of Israel. I'm reading out of the ERV version. It says, he says, remember, we must destroy everything else. Watch this. Read this with me. Don't take, don't take what? He told me, he said, listen, don't take anything. He says, if you take anything and you bring it to your camp, you yourselves will be destroyed and you will cause trouble for the rest of the people. Verse 19, he says, and all the things made from silver and gold and bronze and iron, all of them belong to who? They belong to the Lord. And then he says, and they must be put in the Lord's treasury. So that's what, that's what the instructions were. Let's see what this individual did. And what we're going to see before I read it, some of the same things that Eve did that caused her to be deceived and caused her to do some wrong things, we're going to see some of the same thing in, the, uh, in this person's life. Joshua now, chapter 7, verse 16. It says, so Joshua rose up early in the morning and he brought Israel by tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. So let me just say this. What happened is someone disobeyed the instructions. They stole some stuff. They took some stuff. Okay, so now all of the children of Israel lost a battle to a little bitty city. So Joshua's trying to figure out, hey, why did we lose this fight with this small city? We're much bigger than them. And so while he was praying, the Lord said, well, I mean, it's because somebody's sinned. And so now Joshua was going through all the different tribes of the children of Israel. He's going through all of them to, to, to you know, to try to figure out, well, who's done this? So now it says in verse 17, 16, he rose up early. He brought Israelites by their tribe. And so now he's looking at the tribe of Judah. How many know what the tribe of Judah represents? Everybody say praise. Yeah, uh, Judah, praise. And so he took the family of the Zerhites and he brought the family of the Zerhites man by man 
and Zabdi was taken. And so he brought his household man by man. And Achan, who was the son of Carmi, who was the son of Zabdi, who was the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, the praise uh, tribe, that was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, my son, give, I pray, glory to God. And make a confession to him and tell me what you've done. Don't hide it from me. Verse 20. And Achan answered and said, Joshua, uh, unto Joshua. He says, indeed, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus is what I've done. Verse 21. Watch this church. Here's the first thing that he did. When he says, when I saw. There it is. The Bible says when Eve, when she saw that the tree was pleasant to the eyes. So he says, when I saw among the spoils. A goodly Babylonian's garment. He was walking by Gucci and saw it out. Oh, he said, oh man, that's nice. That's nice. He says, and when I saw that there was 200 shekels of silver, and when I saw that there was a wedge of gold that actually weighed 50 shekels of weight, he said, then I coveted them. See that word coveted? It's the same word desired in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. When, when the woman, when it said, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, it's the same word. So he desired what he saw. That's the lust of the eye. And then he says, I took them and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. And so Joshua sent messengers. They ran to his tent. They checked it out. They looked. And so the verse 23 says they took it. And then uh, long story short, this man ended up being stoned and then burned. You can see that some of the steps that Eve took, Achan took. So here's the question. Let me ask you a question. One of the, one of the things he took was a Babylonian garment. Did y'all see that? Let me ask you a question. Is a garment bad? Is it bad? No, it's not bad. I'm glad it's not bad because all of you have on garments. Garments are not bad. Is silver and gold bad? No, silver and gold is not bad. So just because something may be good does not always mean it's God. So here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. God is always good. But what's good may not always be God. In other words, here's the thing. Something may be good for others, but it may not be good for you. See, let me say it like this. God's promises. Everybody say God's promises. God's promises may be general, but his will is personal. I'm going to say that again. God's promises in the Bible. He said, we have a promise of healing. He has a promise to prosper us. He has a promise to protect us. God's promises to us, they are general. In other words, everybody can partake of them. But his will is personal. And this is why you can't make your personal convictions public sins. Okay, let me, uh, listen. God's standard is the standard. His word is the standard, not my personal convictions. See, God's word does not say it is a sin to drink. Now look at your neighbor and say, thank God for that. His word does not tell us that it is a sin to drink. But let's say before I was saved, I had a problem with drinking. 
God may say to me, I don't want you to drink Eben. Why? It's based on my past or I may get to a point where he just says, hey, I don't want you to do that. So listen, if that be the case, I can't make now my personal convictions public sin. And now I'm up here telling all of y'all, it's wrong to drink. It's a sin to drink. No, it's a sin to me to drink. Now, if you get drunk, that's a sin. Right? But my point is, I cannot make my personal... Listen, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to you right now. I cannot make my personal convictions public sins. And I see the body of Christ doing it. In fact, since I'm on personal conviction, let me just briefly talk about this whole topic of fraternities and sororities. Let me just say this. The overall purpose of most Greek fraternities is centered around brotherhood and service. Can I get an amen from the Greeks? Amen. Now, if someone decides to put their fraternity or their sorority above Christ, They need to denounce it because nothing should be above Jesus Christ. And if your fraternity or sorority, you have put it over Christ, you have put it over God, you need to denounce it. Say amen to that. But everybody has a made their sorority God. Remember when the children of Israel, remember when they made the golden calf? Y'all remember that? What did they do? They took some gold and they melted it down and they made a golden calf out of it, which they made an idol out of it. And what did they do? They worshiped that idol, right? Well, let me ask you again, is gold or silver wrong? No, they made it wrong because they made it their idol. Amen. So don't make your personal conviction of denouncing or, uh, in some cases, someone else's conviction because a lot of these people that's trying to throw up uh, denouncing, they ain't enjoying nothing. Don't make somebody else's personal conviction your conviction. Say amen to that. Amen. So I'm saying that to say this. It's not wrong unless you use it wrong. Just like gold is not wrong, but they decided to use it wrong by worshiping the gold. And so if you worship your Greek or, you know, your sorority or your fraternity, then you need to denounce it and I'll help you do that in Jesus' name. But those who have not, though, listen, let me tell you something. And you know, first, I'm saying this too, because first lady is a delta. If you cannot see that Jesus Christ is Lord in her life, you blind. You don't even want to see. You done made it personal. And let me tell you something. If you're going to make it personal with her, you're making it personal with me. Amen. The Bible says by their fruit, you shall know them, not by their letters. So I'm going to get off of that. But don't send me no emails about no denouncing foolishness. Don't do that. Don't do that. It makes no sense. 
And you know what? At the end of the day, Jesus is Lord in the Connor households. He's Lord in, in the Word of Truth Family Church. He's Lord in my life. And he's going to stay Lord. End of story. Cha-ching. Anyway, anyway, uh, since we've looked at some actions, here's the good part right here. Since we've looked at some actions that lead to receiving wrong desires, let's look at now how we can discern the difference between God's desire and our desire. So Mark chapter 11, verse 23, this is so good right here. I wish someone would have taught me this when I was single back in the day. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, I'm about to show you the difference between God's desires and yours and how to, how that works. It says in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, but barely I say unto you that whoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but watch this, but shall believe that those things which they say shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they say. Watch verse 24. He says, therefore, I say unto you, touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Therefore, I say unto you, watch this church, what things? Now, let's stop here and qualify things. What is a thing? A thing is a thing. A house is a thing. A car is a thing. A husband is a thing. We say, he's not a thing. Well, he's a noun. In the school, they taught you a noun was a person, place, or... Yeah, yeah. So, so he's saying, listen, I want you to catch this. What things soever who desire? Who? You desire. And that word desire means to ask. Watch this. To require. Watch this. And to crave. He says, so what things soever you crave? Watch this now. When you what church? When you pray, believe you receive them. Read this part with me. And you shall have. Boy, that sounds pretty, pretty, uh, you shall have. He didn't say might. So let me start out by saying this. One of the reasons you don't have your desire is all legitimate desire should be presented in prayer. He just said it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. So a legitimate desire should be first presented in prayer. So if you have a desire and it has not been properly presented in prayer, it is not a legitimate desire. Say amen to that. Now, I want you to notice what that verse doesn't say. It didn't say that what things soever you desire when you see. It didn't say what things soever you desire when you say. No, it said what things you desire when you you pray. So here's the question. This is getting deeper. Why is it? That I have prayed for a desire and it has not happened. Now, you know what? This, what I'm about to share with you is so good that, uh, I shouldn't even give it to you for free. But I'm going to give it to you for free. So why is it that you may have prayed for something that's a desire and it hasn't happened? What if what, listen, here's, here's a question. What if what you desire is not what God desires for you. So I'm saying to you, one of the reasons you may not have gotten your desire because what you desire 
is not what God desires for you. Let me say it like this. What you desire contradicts what God desires for you. I'll give you an example. After going through divorce, I was like, I ain't going to get married no more. I'm almost 60. I'm just going to ride this out. Work's going to be my wife. That's who I'm going to be married to. I, I would come up here at 2 in the morning and go lay hands on all the chairs. Y'all don't know. That's why y'all saved. I done lay hands on all the chairs. I get up in the middle. No, no, I'm serious. I get up in the middle of the night. I do, you know. I ain't got to. Ain't nobody say, hey, where you going? No, I, I, ain't nobody. Jesus knows where I'm going because I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I ain't creeping. And, I ain't doing none of that stuff. Right? So watch this. I said I wasn't going to get married. Now, my pastor promised me, he said, listen, do not say that publicly. Because he felt something different. In fact, my best friend, he was like, Evan, no, Evan, no. No, long story short, here's my point. When you present your desires to God in prayer, because that's a legitimate prayer and a legitimate way of presenting desires, you have to then... Ask the Lord if that desire is okay with him. Because eventually, now listen, being single is a choice. Paul said, hey, I wish you would be like me. And so that's the decision I kind of had made. I was 75%, you know, not going to get married. I was 25% open to Jesus. But I, I realized Jesus started showing me stuff to help me understand he didn't want me single. I had a choice. Was he going to be mad at me for staying single? No, but I can tell you this right now. I was going to run into some trouble I didn't need to run into being single. Say amen to that. So, if my desires doesn't match God's desires for me, let me say it like this. If his desires are better, which they are, I have to be okay with what he wants me to have. Now, here's another reason why most people's desires uh, don't come to pass. Listen to this. This is good. Most people's desires are self-centered, and it's all about them. So now I am about to explain to single women why you're not married. I should put my cash up up so you can send it. Listen, most single women want to get married. Watch this church. Listen, to be cared for, provided for, and to get help. I even had a meeting with one of, one of our singles and she said, Pastor, I need somebody to help me pick up my kids from school and this and that and all that kind of stuff. So most single women want to be cared for. Y'all want to be cared for? Raise your hand if you do. Don't, don't not raise your hand. You know you want to be careful. In other words, they want to be careful. They want to be provided for and they want to get help. Now listen, let me ask you a question. Are these things wrong? No, these things are not wrong. But listen, but you will, listen, you will never get your prayers answered when your desire is greater than God's purpose. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Evan? Listen, the purpose that God made a woman for, listen, was to be a help me, not to get help. 
Oh, so you you know why you ain't married? Because you want to get all the help. I need him to do this. I need him to do that. But, but God designs you to be the help me. So you want to be married to get all this help when you're supposed to be the helper. Your desire is greater than God's purpose in which he made you. And he is not going to let your desire supersede his. Let me give you some Bible and then we're going to close. No, because our society has it twisted. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8. I don't know what version this is, but it says, for, this is King James, I believe. It says, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. It says, neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Let me read this in the voice translation. I thought this was so good. Man, you remember, was not fashioned from the body of a woman. But woman, though he was sculpted, though she was sculpted by the hands of God, was fashioned from the flesh and the bones of the man. Furthermore, watch this church, don't forget that man was not created for woman. Woman was created for man to be his helper in everything. So here it all, here it is. You have put yourself in the I need help category. And you want God to send you a godly man. He can't because the man you wanting doesn't match the prescription or the description of his word. You have put yourself in the position of gimme, gimme, gimme. Your name ain't Jimmy. God's purpose for marriage. Listen, church, this ain't old school. This is the Bible. God's purpose for marriage was for the woman to be a help me, not necessarily to be helped. Even though you will get help. So what happens? Listen, here we go. And I'm closing. What happens when my desires are wrong? Well, Here's the last part of this. This is why your, your prayers are not being answered right here. If you've been praying something and, and you ain't got no answer, here's why. James chapter 4 verse 1. It says, from whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? He says, you lust and you don't have. You kill, you desire to have, and you cannot obtain. He says, you fight and you war, yet you don't have. Watch this. He says, because you ask not. And then watch this now. He tells us why prayers are not answered. He says, you ask though, and you receive not because you ask amiss. Why? So that you can consume it upon your own lust. He's saying the reason why God has not answered the desire of your heart is because it's all about you and nobody else. If God would have answered your prayer with the type of man you have in mind, you would have married Kunta Kinte. <laughs> so, so, so how do we, how do we apply this? How do we apply this? How do we apply this? 
Here's the first way we apply this. The first thing you're going to have to do is ask God to create in you a clean heart. Because if you were honest with yourself, and I'm telling you, society has it backwards. This is why we have sugar daddies and sugar mamas. Isn't that the term? Yeah, yeah. That's why we have those. See, it's bad. The society has gone backwards when you have men looking for women to take care of them. And here's the bad part. A lot of y'all fit the description. So you got, let's clean the heart up. I mean, if, if, if I were to ask you the question, okay, how many of y'all, you know, you want to get married and, and some of those reasons would, man, I just need somebody to help me, somebody to take care of me and somebody to, to you know, all that. A lot of y'all would probably raise your hand if you was honest. But see, a lot of y'all, here's the problem. You can't be honest because you're lying to yourself. Here's number two. You got to ask yourself the question, do you trust God with your desires? Because if not, why not? Why don't you trust God with your desire? Why? See, some of y'all are like, I don't want God to say, yeah, you're going to be single. I want you to be single. I don't want God to say that to me, so I'm just, I ain't going to even ask him. He said, whatever I want to desire, but, 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 but what if you say, Pastor Evan, I don't even want to phantom the idea that I will be single the rest of my life. Don't even, I don't want to ask God that question because I don't want to hear what I think he may or may not say. Here's the problem with that. You don't fully trust God because listen, the manufacturer knows the real purpose of the product. And if I don't trust the manufacturer, watch this, I have trust issues. And there are some of you, you, you and I'm not saying God's going to tell you to be single because it was the opposite. I was like, I'm going to be single. He's like, no, I want you. To. And listen, if there's a desire in you to want to be married, I believe God wants you married. But I believe he wants you married on his terms. Because he's not trying to give his son over as Kunta Kinte to the master. Here's number three. Here's number three. I'm closing right here. Make sure that your desires are presented to God in prayer. Don't just have them. Because see, some of y'all's desires, you can't present them in prayer because they're not right. Amen. I want a rich man. Why you want a rich man? Why? I don't want no broke man, pastor. Well, that's fine, but I mean, but why do you want a rich man? Man of God, why do you want a woman to take care of you? Why? Why? Ask yourself. Go on and ask. Why? Why do I want, uh, I'm going to say it in, in one of her voices. Why do I want it to a rich man? <laughs> why? Here's number four. You're going to have to trust God and thank him why he produces your desire. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. 
I am a witness that God will do exceeding and abundantly above all that I could ask, think, or imagine. That's the God that I serve. And I believe that God allow what happened to me to happen in front of you. So you could see the living word played out in somebody else's life in 2024. Because here it is. See, God can't work something together for good unless something bad doesn't happen. So why are you letting your last failed relationship make you bitter instead of better? And I believe there are some people that that need deliverance from trust issues. Because some of your trust is with God. Well, God didn't do this when I wanted him to do it. Well, he may not have, but... Okay. Can I be very, very transparent? Can y'all give me three more minutes to be very, very transparent? I really don't want to be this, this transparent, but I'm going to do it. It ain't bad, but, 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 but I want to show you something. So finally, when I made a decision, okay, Lord, when he made it clear to me, Evan, I want you to get married again. I said, okay, Lord. So, you know, we all got lists, don't we? I know you got one. So I was like, okay, one of the things on my list was, I said, I'm not marrying somebody who's never been divorced. Because you got to be divorced to understand this pain. And I'm not marrying nobody who's never been divorced. So that just exed out a whole lot of people. And then I was like, whew, I'm almost 60. I, I, I don't need no more little kids. Because I'm going to take them to school. They're going to be like, is that your grandpa? So I was like, no, I don't, I don't, oh, no, no, she can't have no little kids. I don't know how you're going to do that, God. But, 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 but part of me too, you know, I wanted somebody younger, right? That was just, that was my desire, right? But, but younger (laughs) come with younger. You understand? So I was like, no, I don't want no little kids. I don't want to be like grandpa taking them to school. And, uh. A year before I even got to this place, my mama had a dream. Y'all know the story, but I'm going to tell you anyway. My mama has a dream. This is before I met Sharice. I was in the I ain't getting married mode. And I was at that mode for real, y'all. I I wasn't playing with that stuff. And and my mama sat me down and says, "Uh, Evan, I, I had a dream. Now, you have to understand, she done had like three or four dreams. And she would tell me like two weeks after she had them which means that they didn't already happen and they happened just like she was telling me, but she didn't know that. So I'm like, okay, she done told me three dreams that happened just like she said it. She says, I had a dream about, I was like, okay, what is mom? She says, I had a dream you had a little girl. I, I stopped hearing right there. <laughs> so, Ebony, you had this little girl. And I'm talking about like, three years old and she was she starts describing this little girl she's so she was so pretty and you loved her so much and uh, she was real light-skinned it almost could be white but she wasn't white but she was real light 
And, and she said, but you loved her. And I'm, I'm, I'm steaming like broccoli on the inside. Because I don't want no more little kids. And so then, uh, after she tells me that, I said, mama. I said it just like this. I had to apologize to my mama too. I said, mama, I don't know what that dream meant. But I can't have no more kids. Because I can't. I took care of that. I can't have no more kids. I don't want no more kids, mama. Well, Evan, I just, I just, I said, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with that. A year later, I meet Sharice. I'm telling my mama I met her. My mama says, do you have a, does she have kids? I said, yeah, she's got two. She says, let me see the pictures. I showed her the pictures. And London, which, by the way, loves me, and I love London. London thinks I'm going to marry her. I said, London, I'm your stepdaddy. I can't marry you. <laughs> I showed her a picture of London. She said, that's that little girl I saw in the dream. What's my point in the story? Sometimes you have to relinquish your specific desires so you can get a special order from God. And by the way, I look so young, I do not look like grandpa taking them to school. So with every head bowed, did y'all get something today? Yes, yes. So with every head bowed, because I, I just feel like there are two things that need to be relinquished today. Some of you have trust issues with God. You don't fully trust him enough to surrender whatever his will is for your life. You don't trust him enough to relinquish him. The question I have for you is why? The second group I want to pray for are people who have desires. Wow. Let me tell you what I'm seeing. Some of you all have desires and you have held on to them so long. I saw spiritual cobwebs. I saw spiritual cobwebs. And part of the reason why these desires have been there so long is because you won't let God adjust them. You won't let him do it. You've taken it. You said, no, no, God, this is what I want. You said what things soever I desire. But my question to you is what if your desire is evil? You say, well, I, I, I don't want evil. But if it's something that God does not want you to have, then God considers that it's evil. Why not represent? Oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Represent your desire to him and let him handle it. Represent it to him. Take it back to him. Go back and don't take it back and then get back up and take it with you. No, no. Leave it with him. Leave it with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the hearts that are in the place today. Thank you that God, you, you are, you have used me as a living epistle 
in the eyes of many of them. And if it worked out for me, and if it worked out for Sharice, it'll work out for them. And I pray the same God that you did for me and you did for us, that exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask, that, that, that same thing that you did for us, I pray that you will do for them as they surrender what they want from you to you in Jesus name amen with every head still bow i want to pray for four groups of people those who need